This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Brian Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Let's give it up for our volunteers, all the people that volunteer and help. Actually, I don't really like calling them volunteers. Because they're servants, you know, the Bible talks about the, the disciples and how they were talking about and arguing about who's going to be greatest. And Jesus said, listen, the one that's greatest is the one that serves. And so, you know, as servant leaders, I like to call us servant leaders because we're not volunteering. I can go out and, and volunteer in the community. But man, when I am a servant, I am serving the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, right? And that's what we're doing when we work in all the different areas within a church, within the body. We are serving the King of Kings, and there's no greater calling on our lives. Amen. You guys uh, ready to get into the word today and uh, uh, receive from him? I'll tell you what, uh, I I just uh, encourage you to turn on your receiver and just flip the switch. You know, I remember back in the day when my when I was growing up, dad had stereos and he had these old receivers, you know, and this one really old one, it had this big old toggle switch. And when I was little, I'd go over there, you know, you know, it had a bunch of them. So it's like, tick, 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 tick. and so what you're, what I'm telling you to do is, you know, we don't have any of that now. It's all touch screen, right? You just touch the screen and it comes on, you know, but think about those old receivers. You need to flip on the switch to receive from the Lord, receive from him, receive from the Holy Spirit. It's not me. It's him. And if you will turn on the switch, the receiver of your heart, he will download and and put into you everything that you need. The answers, the questions, the healing, the hope, whatever it is that you need, he can give that to you if you will just simply say, Lord, I need something and I'm turning the switch on and I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, to speak to my life. You may not be a note taker. You may not be a writer. You know, you, you know, but at the same time, he can give you what it is that you need if you'll f- simply switch on the receiver. Amen. So today I want to talk to you guys, uh, kind of the title of my message or, or kind of the, the thought, the prevailing thought that I had was to cut back produce more, cut back, produce more. And, uh, but before we get into that, you know, I, I, I was looking at some things that dad say on the internet, which is like, my gosh, you know, you, when you're growing up, you're laughing at all that stuff. And you're like, that's the most ridiculous thing. Like dad always used to say, you know, what are you born in a barn? Shut the door, you know? And I find myself saying the very same thing. You know, or like dad always says, you know, you think we have a money tree in the backyard? You know, and I find myself saying the very same thing. You know, some of the other things that I found was go ask your mom. I say that all the time. (sighs) You know, uh, I like this one. You don't know what hard work is. I, I find myself saying that to my kids. I'll, you don't even know what hard work is. I'll tell you what hard work is. You know, it's like some people will say, well, I, work. I, walked, up, I walked uphill both ways to school in the snow, you know, and, uh, you know, and so, and, and the other thing is, is so we have all these dad sayings, but, but, you know, dads also know a lot of stuff, um, you know, and, and, and like one thing that dad said is, is you make a better bar, you make a better door than a window. He'd be watching TV and I'd be walking through the living room. I'd be, Oh, look at this, you know, and he'd always say, you know, he make a better door than a window. And, uh, this one gave me a chuckle. That's how they get you. When advertisers reveal the hidden fees, you know, I, I find myself, I'll tell you how they get you. This is how they get you. Have you has anybody else ever, any other dads ever said that? Nobody else is going to raise their hand and admit to their foolishness. You know, I, I mean, you could ask my kids or my wife. I'm always like, oh, that, they're just trying to get you right there, you know. So, you know, but what's really funny about it is, is that, you know, dads, they know a lot. But, but moms know a lot too. And this one is what I found funny is, is that being a mom means that, that the kids are banging on the door like the SWAT team, asking for a drink while you're in the shower and dad is standing in the kitchen next to the sink. <laughs> it's so true. Like, like my kids are like, they're just like always, you know, going to her and I, and I can hear her say, can you just go find your dad, you know, and, and see if he can help you with what it is that you need? And so, 
you know, I think it's just fun because, you know, as dads, I, I love being a dad. My daughter, she actually texted me this morning because we rode to church, but she, she forgot to tell me Happy Father's Day, so she texted me. But I just love being a dad because, you know, as much as it, it, it doesn't bother me that she didn't say Happy Father's Day because I love her. I'll never forget when she was born and, and she opened her eyes for the first time and I looked into her eyes and it was just like, you know, and with all of my kids, it's just, it's fun. They're all unique. They're all fun. Uh, they bring so much to my life, and uh, and 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 I think as dads, you know, we wanna we wanna have priority. We wanna have balance in our life. We wanna we wanna we wanna train up our kids in the way that they should go. We wanna we wanna do all these things. There's always a concern within our heart, like if we're doing a good job, if we're doing the job that we need to be doing. Are there things that we need to change? You know, uh, the other question that I have, I find myself saying a lot to myself is, how am I going to pay for this? You know, uh, somebody loaned uh, Will a one wheel this this weekend, and my dad said, you know what's going to happen there, right? I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> so it's like, you know, it's like, man, how am I going to, how am I going to, but whatever. It's all good. Because, uh, you know, the other side of this that I think sometimes, you know, for myself, I, I think this, this weekend I've thought a lot more about it is uh, the, the fact that for some it's hard. For some it's a challenge. You know, for me, thankfully, I, you know, it's, it's all good. You know, I got to go to, Montana with my dad and spent a week with my dad and and uh, he's in my life but I think for some it's like they don't have that fortune because they've they've lost their dad or maybe they're estranged from their dad or or uh, you know they're maybe maybe you're a dad and your your kids are estranged I, I don't know where you find yourself you know and but I think it's important that we are mindful of that you know um, when it comes to uh, just this weekend, mindful of other people. You know, uh, during praise and worship, I was thinking about a, a friend of mine, a pastor friend who lost his dad when he was 18 years old. You know, and, and when you think about where he's at and, and on this day, everybody else around him is celebrating Father's Day and here he is, you know, being reminded of the fact that he has been without his dad. You know, and so I just prayed for him. I said, Lord, just strengthen him, help him. You know, and, and I will probably text him later, you know, because um, fathers are so important. And when people lose them and, 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 and they're taken prematurely or whatever, uh, uh, it plays, it plays a, uh, has a pretty big impact, I guess I should say. And so it's just important for us to encourage and pray for and be mindful of that you know, on this day because um, what we're gonna find out today is though is that we have a, a heavenly father who, who is a protector, is everything that we need. So if you're that person and you've lost your father or maybe you're a stranger, maybe your kids are a stranger, you know, you fall into one of these categories, you need to understand and know that you have a heavenly father in heaven who cares for you. And, uh, and so, um, you know, before we get into that, I, I just want all the dads to know how thankful we are for you. And uh, because there's dads in our midst um, this morning I woke up, the first thought I had was just, it was kind of a weird thought, but, but it was just this idea that I'm so thankful for all the dads before us. Because we wouldn't, we wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for a bunch of men who made a decision. You know, I'm a second generation believer, but you know, when I think about the dads, a lot of the dads here in this church, a lot of them are first generation believers, you know, where, where, you know, they just made a choice to follow God, made a choice to serve him, made a choice to walk away from uh, a different lifestyle, a different uh, idea of family. You know, it wasn't that that idea was bad, you know, I'm sure that their dads loved them, but their dads didn't choose to follow God. They didn't choose to, to live for God and honor God with their life. And a lot of the men that, that started this church, including, you know, my dad and, and a bunch of other guys that were right next to him, you know, they sacrificed and they gave and they, 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 they made a decision to follow, follow God. And, and if it wasn't for them, I don't know where we would be. I don't know where I would be, uh, you know? And, and, and so I think that it's just 
we have to be very, very cognizant of the fact that, that as men, we play a critical role in the future of what it is that going, is going on. It, and, and it's not a position. Because I think about the, the, some of the men that surrounded my dad in the early years of this church. And, and you think about their life and the decisions that they made and the choices that they made, they were hard decisions. They were hard choices. There were sacrifices that were made, not just for pastor, they, they supported him, but it was, it was for a greater good. You know, they were being obedient to what it was that God was, was speaking to them in their life. And, and I'm sure that they didn't even know or see the, the expansive influence that they had because of the choices that they were making to follow him, to follow pastor, to give, to serve, to do all of these things. They led by example. And, and, and so I'm just so thankful for, for the fathers that, you know, that have gone before us. And I guess my encouragement to you today as a dad is to keep going. Keep leading, keep loving, keep giving, keep being the godly example. And, and I know there's times in life where you don't feel like you're being a good dad. I, I probably feel that every week, you know, where it's like, gosh, I let him down or I did something, you know, but, but, but it's just continuing in it. It's like, okay, well, I'm just going to keep going. I'm going to keep getting better. I'm going to keep doing. I'm going to keep pressing forward and, and keep leading by example. And so dads today on Father's Day, thank you. Let's give it up for the dads. So thankful, so grateful. You know, everyone's father figure may be different, you know, but for some of us, it was great. For some of us, maybe it wasn't great. But I wanna encourage you to be very, very careful not to base your view of, the heavenly, of your heavenly father based upon what it is that you what it is that you've seen in your life growing up because i think that sometimes you know we we maybe uh could be tempted to look at our father and say well you know they did this wrong and 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 they were unfaithful in this area or maybe they didn't keep their word and and maybe they were uh their discipline was cruel or it was harsh and so when we look at that we automatically attribute that, that, okay, this was the way my father was, so this must be how my heavenly father is. He must be, you know, he, he, he probably won't keep his word, or maybe he won't follow through, or maybe he is unfaithful, or maybe he is cruel or harsh. And that's how we, unfortunately, that's how we see our, our heavenly father. Because we haven't, like we talked about last week, we haven't got into the word and looked at his will, we, we don't really know our father the way that we should. And so we, we, we take how we were raised. We take how we were treated. We take what we saw maybe a, a friend's father do, and we attribute that to our heavenly father, and it's, it's, it's wrong. It's so wrong. And, and what ends up happening is, is that it keeps us from living the life that our heavenly father, I mean, think about it, guys. Our father... He, he gave his only begotten son. He gave up his only begotten son for you and for me. He loves us and, and, and he cares for us. And so we have to know, our, know God as our heavenly father. It's absolutely critical to our life as a, as a believer. It's critical to our growth, our, our spiritual development. And, and you know, have you ever made, have you ever come to the wrong conclusion about somebody? Have you ever heard from, you know, maybe heard from somebody that, that they were this way or that, and, and you, you developed an opinion about someone and then you end up getting around that person and you spend some time with them and it's like you come to this realization it's like that is not at all who they are it's not at all what they're like and I think that that's what happens sometimes in our lives is if we take our natural view of the father we're coming to an, an assumption or a conclusion that's not accurate. And so it's just absolutely critical that we go to the word, we find out who our heavenly father is, know who he is. And, and we're gonna look at a few just, just to kind of get into this because I think it's, it's important. It's important to remind ourselves about who our heavenly father is and, and, and know who he is. Matthew 23, nine says that we have a father in heaven and he is good. Why don't we say it together? My father is good. Let's say it again. My father is good. 
Here's another thing about your heavenly father. That is in uh, Psalm 68, five, it says, he is a father of the fatherless. So if you're fatherless today, your heavenly father is a father to you. Not only that, he is a protector, or another uh, version says he, he's a defender of widows. And, and, and God is, is uh, in his holy habitation, and I like this, God settles the lonely in families. And so if you're lonely today, you can know that number one, your father is a good father, and you can know that he is a father to the fatherless, and you can know that he is uh, uh, there to settle your loneliness. You don't have to live life lonely because when you get to know your heavenly father, he will settle that loneliness and he'll bring, bring life, bring comfort, bring peace as you get to know him. Another thing is found here in 2 Corinthians 1 verse three, it says, blessed be our God and father, our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of mercies. Your father is merciful. Your heavenly father is merciful. So if you saw a father that was unmerciful, you need to know today that your heavenly father is merciful and a God of all comfort. He wants to comfort you and he comforts us in our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with, with which we ourselves are comforted by God. So he's a comforter to us. Another thing here is in James 1.17, it says that, that every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. So, that, so what we see is, is that our Father is a giver. He is a giver. If your Father, your natural Father was not a giver, you can know today that your heavenly father wants to give to you, but, but you have to overcome that mindset. I think sometimes the enemy will work on us, you know, year after year after year as we, as we develop and grow and we develop this mindset that, that God's stingy, that he doesn't want us to have things, that he's trying to, to keep things from us. He's not. It says right here, he is a giver and he never changes. So, so we can be settled in the idea that our Heavenly Father wants to give us good things. If, if you've been taken, if there's things in your life that have been taken from you, I, 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 we hear this t often from people that, well, that's just, you know, the Lord gives and he takes away. Listen, we, we, are, we are in a world that, that the, the God of this world is Satan. And what's his job? His, his job is to steal, to kill, to destroy, to take from you. God gives, Satan takes. God gives, Satan takes. But if we listen to the, the narrative of people around us, we listen to family, even sometimes grandmas and grandpas who believe, you know, they believe a completely different way. Well, the Lord gives and he takes away. No, 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 no. It says right here that he's a giver and he doesn't change. So we can know that he, he gives us good things and he wants to um, Every good and perfect gift comes down from him, amen? Number, uh, uh, this next one is in Matthew six twenty six. It says, look at the birds of the air. They, neither they sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet their heavenly Father feeds them. He's our provider. He's our provider. And it says that, are you not much more valuable than them? I'm, yeah, I'm more valuable than a bird. You guys more valuable than a bird? <laughs> How about a ground squirrel? How about a squirrel? How about a raccoon? How about all of the animals of the earth? Yes, we are more valuable. And he is telling us right here that he is a provider. He'll take care of your needs. You need to see your heavenly father as a provider in your life, that he will supply your need. Even in these times, everybody's talking about inflation and they're talking about all this stuff and how the dollar ain't going very far. No, 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 no. Don't say that, don't get on that, don't speak that. You need to speak what the Bible says. It says, hey, I don't even have to worry about it. A dollar can fall, it can do whatever it wants to do. He's my provider, he's my source. He's the one that's gonna give me what it is that I need. He's gonna supply, he's gonna give me you know, the means to do it. He's gonna give me the opportunities. He's gonna send business my way. He's gonna open up doors. That's what that means. It doesn't mean, you know, provider doesn't mean he's just gonna drop a giant, you know, chunk of $100 bills in your, in your mailbox. No, you gotta go out 
and you got to put your hand to the plow and begin to do what it is that, that you know, he's called you to be and faithful and, 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 and a steward. You know, you got to be a steward of what it is that God's given you as you're stewarding, you know, the little things. He'll give you more and more and more and more. And man, I mean, as you do that, as you put those, those principles into, into action in your life, he will increase you. He will increase you. If you're not experiencing increase in your life, if you're not experiencing more, there's, there, it's not him. He's unchanging. He, he is the, he's the same yesterday, today, and for, forever. He is a provider. You just got to get it figured out in your mind and in your heart, Lord, I'm missing something somewhere. I got a hole in my bag or I'm doing something wrong. And if you go to him and you ask him, he will show you what it is that you need to change, what it is that you need to adjust, how, you know, maybe it's a different job. Maybe it's, you know, hiring somebody. Maybe it's firing somebody. I don't know. He'll tell you what it is that you need to do in your life to increase you because he is your provider. He's your source. And, and he'll give you what it is that you need, everything that you need. Another one is, this is one I love. You guys are going to love this. Proverbs 3.11 says, my son, do not despise the Lord's discipline. I'm going to be honest with you guys. When I was little, I despised my mom's discipline. I'm sorry. I just did. I even despised dad's discipline. Why? Because what they, how, they, how they spanked me, it hurt. Okay? I, I, uh, I have a soft heart. And so when they hit me with, with the hand of correction... And love. They always said love. I'm like, I don't see love in this. This hurts. It's not going to hurt you more than it hurts me. It hurts me more than you. But I understood why they did it. They were training me up. There were things, there were things decisions, choices. Actually, you know, I've been telling a lot of stories here lately of, of things that I did. I, I really wasn't the best kid. There were some major flaws in my personality and in my decision-making skills that needed to be adjusted and corrected. That's right. And that's where God comes in. Because, you know, as, as, as believers, we look at, at our parents. We, as kids, we look at our parents and we think, I, I don't like that. That isn't right. That's wrong. You know, yeah, you don't know what you're talking about. No, they know what they're talking about. They've lived a lot more years. And so if you're a parent and you're disciplining your kid and you think it's not working, it's working. Just keep going. It's, it's you know, the discipline that you're, you're putting into your kids is the discipline that you have to do it. If you're not consistent, it, 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 it's no different. You're disciplining the child. You're trying to get discipline into the child. Discipline, discipline, discipline. Well, guess what? You as a parent have to be disciplined, disciplined. Another way to say it, one, one way my wife, is consistency. Consistent in, in your words, consistent in your action, consistent in your rules of the house. We are consistent. If, if, if we do this, this is the result. If we do this, this is the result. And so it's consistency and discipline. Like none of us had discipline this morning, because why? Because we had a hundred and some odd donuts out there and everybody's eating. I mean, I told Gala one of those donuts was as big as, as my head. And it's like, okay, maybe we should cut that in half. But, but no, no, no. They're walking around like this, you know, two hands try to carry this donut. There's only one person that I know of in this room that was very, very disciplined this morning, and that is Reed Hauser. I took a donut, a jelly-filled donut, and I went like this, and I wafted it underneath his, his nostrils, and he didn't even flinch. The discipline that this man had was amazing. But Proverbs says, do not despise the Lord's discipline. D despise his correction, despise his reproof. When he's trying to help you and, and get you to do a certain thing, it's for your own benefit. It's for your own good. And, and so we can't despise that. We have to know that he's doing it because he loves you. He cares for you. He's your provider. He's your comforter. He wants to bring that comfort in your life. It might come through correction, the comfort, the peace, the other thing that you desperately need or desperately want might come through the discipline that he brings to your life. And so the past few weeks, we, we've been in a series called Less of Me, More of Him. And we looked at John the Baptist, you guys remember that a couple weeks ago, how he understood at the height of his ministry, he understood that Jesus must increase and I must decrease. That's what he said. His disciples are like, man, this is, this is the highlight of your career. You, you should be, you know, people should, you should be popular and all of these things. He said, nope, Jesus must increase. I must decrease. Last week, we looked at um, uh, that 
at Jesus, the life of Jesus, and when he said, not my will, but your will be done. He, he wanted the Father's will to be done, not his own will. And so we talked about how our lives need to be lived just the way these men did. You know, we live our lives, Lord, you increase, I must decrease. Lord, I want what you want, not what I want. We should be walking through life saying, Lord, committing to him, Lord, you are more important. What you want, not what I want. And what, what you desire, not what I desire. Your will, not mine. And, and it, goes, it goes against the grain. What, what we've talked about for the last couple of weeks goes against the grain of, of the world and the culture that we live in. Doesn't it? Doesn't it go against it? I mean, the, the world that we live in, it's about more. It's about more, 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 more. Getting, 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 getting. Having, 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 having. Keeping, keeping, keeping. That's, is that the world? You guys, do I live in a different world? No, that's what we're surrounded by. We're surrounded by, by a world that goes against the grain of less of me, more of him. Our world is more of me, more of me, more of me. And he's asking us to, to live a different way. More of him, less of me. More of him, less of me. God, what you want, not what I want. What do you want? What do you want for my marriage? What do you want for my life? What do you want for my kids? I want what you want for my life because I know that you're gonna bring blessing. I, I know that you're gonna use me. You're gonna, you're gonna lead me, guide me, and direct me because my focus is on you. And so we, we've looked at that. And so today, we're gonna kind of continue in that. You know, the discipline of this is, is that it's more of him. It's a discipline. We just got done talking about the discipline. We're disciplining our lives to say, more of him, less of me. More of him, less of me. I'll use the example again. You know, Reed is, is, is like, no donut or donut. I'm like, hey, I want a donut. I saved a donut. Why? Because I want a donut later. More donuts, less donuts. More donuts, less donuts. So, so the, the idea is, is that, you know, it's, it's, it's about, um, what's the word? Just, uh, I can't think of the word. But, but you, you know, it's, we're not just giving in to everything that we want. There's just, there's discipline. discipline. That's the best word. There's another word, and it'll come to me a little later. Okay, so in the book of John, uh, chapter 14, Jesus is teaching. You guys remember that? <clears throat> John chapter 14. We're not going to spend a lot of time in John chapter 14, but what did Jesus say? Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth, and I am the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. And then he went on to say in John 14, this is just a little precursor to where it is that we're going in John 15, it says that if you had really known me, right, this is Jesus saying to, to the people that were there, if you had really known me, you would have known the Father. So, let, you know, that goes together with what it is that we're saying today. If you don't have an accurate picture of who your Heavenly Father is, get to know Jesus, because what you see in the Bible, when you look at the life of Jesus, it will give you a crystal clear, accurate picture of who your heavenly father is. And you know, another thought that I had this morning was is that I am so thankful for these guys that, that went before us, but these guys that went before us got that picture, they got that revelation, they got that knowledge, how? By looking at who Jesus was. It was real to them. They, they did what they did because it was real. If it wasn't real, they wouldn't have sacrificed. If it wasn't real, they wouldn't have given, you know, sacrificially to, uh, to, to this church and of their life. They wouldn't have showed up week in, week out, Wednesday, Sunday. They wouldn't, they wouldn't have done it if it wasn't real. They knew something was different. They knew as they looked at the life of Jesus that, that, that they wanted that. They needed that, that that was the way, it was the truth, and it was the life. And I think that with every generation, it's like we have to, we have to get that real knowledge for ourselves. And, and we talk about this to the teenagers. It's like, listen, you, you can ride their shirt tails for a while, but at some point, you got to get an own, your own knowledge, your own revelation, your own understanding, your own burning desire for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. If you don't, it isn't real. And when it's not real, then you don't, he's not your Lord. And we got people walking around saying, he's my Lord. And, and, and all of the other areas of their life 
are, there's, there's no indication that he is Lord. Because like we talked about during offering, he's, the money is their master. They serve must money, and so they don't, they don't give and they don't honor him. If, if, you don't, if you don't give, and I'm not trying to beat people up, but, but you can't say, if you, if you don't honor God with your money, you can't say he's the Lord of your life. You know, and, and there's so many other things we could, we could say to that, that it's like we're giving our life to him. He gave his life for us. And so it's like, man, I'm going to honor you. I'm going to give and, 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 and allow you to work in my life. And so today I want to look here just in the time that we have left. I want to look at John 15 because Jesus had some challenging and some encouraging words for you and for, for me. He had challenging and encouraging words for fathers, mothers, believers, and followers. And it's like this one comment, you know, that I read. It says, the older I get, the smarter my father seems to get. It's so true. So true. I mean, I can remember being a teenager. like, man, you don't know anything. Now it's like, man, you know everything. <laughs> right? It's like, oh, golly. <laughs> oh. But he said some challenging things. And I think that uh, it's important that we, that we understand these things. Jesus shows us another important attribute of our Father. So we've looked at a bunch here uh, um, before and, and you need to remember this as we as we go into this because um, he he loves you he cares about you he he protects you provides for you and he wants the very best you have to understand that it's like I know that and and honestly I joke about you know the pain that my mom inflicted on me because I needed it according to my dad but but I know that she loved me I know that she cared about me you know and and so we need to know that and so let's look here at John fifteen one it says says that. I am the true grapevine. Now, this is Jesus speaking, if you didn't know that. It says that I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. Huh. We were talking about Father's Day. My father is the gardener. What's he do? He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. He prunes the branches that, that do bear fruit, uh, so they will produce even more. And you have already been pruned and purified by the message that I have given to you. Remain in me, I'll remain in you, for the branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. And so, again, looking at some, just some different attributes of who our Heavenly Father is, right? He's a gardener. And, uh, you know, the thing about gardeners is, is they understand. They understand the soil, they understand uh, uh, what needs to be cut off. They understand when things need to be planted. They understand how to deal with pests and bugs, right, Tom? I mean, they understand. These guys, there's some gardeners in our midst, okay? Uh, we're gonna have our own little uh, farmer's market out here one of these days right outside the church because we got so many gardeners in the church. But, but, but the point is, is that they understand I mean, we ha I had this one guy, he, he was here for years, and he, he understood, he had his soil tested and looked at to determine what it is that he needed to add to the soil and all of these things. So these gardeners understand. They understand how to grow something. They understand how to prune something. And, and you know, and, and in this verse of scripture, the father is a gardener. He knows everything. He knows the soil type. He knows everything that needs to happen. He understands what needs to be cut off. He understands what needs to be pruned back. And that is who he is. And, 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 and it's amazing because this is talking about growing grapes. And here in Iowa, well, I shouldn't say that. I mean, we, we do have a few grape, grape places around here. But I didn't really understand what grapes were. And so I kind of looked it up. And, and I just got tired of reading because there's, so there's so much stuff on grapevines. I mean, it's like, wow, I didn't even know that. I mean, I, I didn't decide not even to write it down because I didn't want to confuse anybody. Here's the point. This is what I got out of one article that I read, and that is grapevines are pruned, and there's three things. So they're free from disease, they promote growth, and they ensure quality fruit. Wow. I, I read that. I was like, God's a gardener. My father is a gardener. My father prunes. My father prunes. Why? Because he prunes things from my life so that my life is free from disease. He prunes things from my life so it so it's promotes spiritual growth. He, he prunes things from my life so why? It ensures quality fruit, not just fruit. He wants quality fruit. 
And, and we should too. We should want all of these things. We should want a life that is free from disease and, and, and things of that nature. We should want to be pruned so that we can continue to grow. I don't want to be a dead bush over on the side that just refused to be pruned by him, right? You say, well, that's Brian over there. He's kind of shriveled up bush. He refused to be pruned. He could have been, you know, a great looking bush, great looking grapevine, producing lots of grapefruit, but he refused to be pruned. And so that's him. I don't want to be that. Do you? No, man, I want to be the best looking grapevine out there. Big old giant. I mean, you know, remember that in the Old Testament when they carried the big grapes between them, between two men? That's what I want my life to be. I can want it all I want. But if I don't allow him to cut some stuff off, right? Cut off the dead stuff and prune. He's going to prune. There, there's branches in my life that are going to be producing fruit. Why would you cut it back? It, it, you know, you read some stories in there where people don't understand the whole idea of pruning. And, and this one lady talked about how she had this nice big tree and this guy comes in and, and, and she prunes this whole thing back. She thought it was dead. And then it just, it just like blew up and, 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 and just became beautiful and great. And that's what we think in our lives. It's like, well, I got this going, I got this going, I'm doing pretty good. Why would you cut that off? Well, there's a reason for it. So the father is a gardener and he wants to prune some stuff off. His word, how he prunes is his word. His word will prune you. It said there in verse three, if you remember, or you can see it there, it says that you have already been pruned and purified by the message that I have given you. You've been pruned and purified, pruned and purified, pruned and purified. Your life will be pruned and purified by the word. If you're not in the word, it won't be pruned. It won't be purified. And, and unfortunately, coming to church one Sunday a, a, a week, right, one time a week, it's not gonna get it. You gotta get in it yourself. The word of God in Hebrews 4.12 says this, the word of God is living, it's active, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. I actually was going to text dad and have him bring some of those. He's a gardener. He's got these pruning things, right? As a kid, we used to play for, with him. My son uh, uh, and his friend, they, they, they destruct my garage, okay? And I had this chair that I had borrowed from somebody. It was a nice chair. It goes in a kayak. It had these little straps on the side of it. And what did my son do or his friend? I really don't know. It doesn't really matter. They took a sharp pair of pruning scissors and got the strap and cut it. I'm like, that's not even my chair. And what's really ironic about it is is that I had fixed the other side because it had been broken before and now they go and cut the other side. Now I gotta go buy a $40 chair because they took this thing and cut it. That's fatherhood. That's just a fatherhood example. Payback, Payback that's right, payback. I never cut anything of yours. <laughs> <laughs> but just as those boys took those shears and applied it to that, to that strap and just cut that sucker right in half, that's what the word of God will do to your life. When you, when you, when you go to it, it will flat out cut your life. And some of our lives need to be cut. So number one in your notes is this. The three steps that Jesus encouraged you and I to take in this, in this journey is, number one, cut off what's dead. Verse two says, he cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. The father cuts off what doesn't produce fruit in your life. So my question is, what is dead in your life? What is absolutely dead and not producing fruit. Now, do not look at your wife, do not look at your husband, say they are dead, okay? It doesn't count, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the things in your life. God, look, here's the deal. What God brought together, let no man separate, okay? So he's not in the business of separating husbands and wives. We got a marriage class that meets every Wednesday night because God, ordained marriage. So if you think that your wife or husband is dead, you're wrong, okay? You're just, just wrong, okay? But, but, but seriously, what in your life is dead? 
What in your life is not producing fruit? Because whatever's not producing fruit in your life is absolutely dead. One of the things that I thought about was friendships or acquaintances. What is the fruit of the friendships or the acquaintances in your life? What is the fruit? What is it producing in your life? Is it producing joy? Is it producing happiness? Is it producing peace? Or, or because I have seen friendships, and this goes, I mean, this, I mean, you can think, well, you're talking about people that are not saved. I'm absolutely talking about people that are not saved. That's, that's obvious. If, if you are highly and closely acquainted with people in your life that are unbelievers, I'm not saying that you can't hang out with them and be with them because obviously they need Jesus. They need Jesus in their life. And so they need you in their life. But what I see oftentimes is that people are just being Godly people, people that are Christians and believers are being influenced in the way they think, in the way they talk, in the way they live, in the way they carry themselves, and they're not being an influence, they're being influenced. And so, so it's so critical that you look at your friendships, look at your relationships and say, is this dead? Is it, what is it producing in my life? You know, the other side of this is, is, is that even amongst believers, you can ask that question like, what is this relationship producing? Because I have seen friendships change people. I have seen relationships change people. People that were, were, were fun and, and, and happy become unhappy. I've seen people that were positive become critical. I've seen, and we've all seen it in, 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 in our life, where, where a, a relationship and a friendship can be detrimental to your well-being. And so we have to ask the question, like, what's this producing in my life? Is this dead or is this alive? Is it producing good fruit? Do, you know, does, do I need to make some changes? Maybe I just need to cut back on my, my I, I can remember growing up, my mom, she, I would come home and I have a bad attitude. She'd be like, who do you, who you been hanging out with? You know? And I, even with our son, he's got some, some friends that are not saved and he comes home and he's acting, acting a fool, Right? And we have a conversation with him. It's like, listen, if you're going to act that way, you're going to talk that way, we're going to limit the amount of exposure that you have to that, that person because it's influencing you. So what's dead in your life? Is it a relationship? Are you dragging around dead branches? I'm just going to let that one sit. I drug around a dead branch for seven years. Seven years, I drug around this branch because I failed at doing something. And I thought, I'm a failure. I failed at speaking on a Wednesday night. It, I had 27 pages of notes. I've whittled it down. I'm better now. 27 pages of notes. Dad said, you're speaking. I had 27 pages. I'm like, we're good. I get up there. I get done. I'm done in seven minutes. Seven minutes. I sat down in shame. And from that point forward, every time he'd ask me to speak, ain't no way. Ain't no way. I'm not speaking. And so for seven years, dragging around this dead branch, dragging it around, dragging it around up here in my thinking, thinking I can't do that, thinking that I, 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 I'm not capable, thinking I, I question my call, all of these things, you guys. You, there's, there's a dead branch in your life. I guarantee you there's something in your life today that you can cut off. None of us in here are, are a beautiful bush with nothing that needs to be cut off. I can assure you of that. There's something that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now that he wants to cut off in your life. Why? To, to, to bring blessing to your life. Because honestly, those things that are dead are just sucking the life out of you. They're sucking the, the, the energy that should be going to other areas of your life. So it's just you have to make the determination. My father's a gardener. He's been speaking to me this, about this for a very, very long time. I'm cutting this off. I'm done. I'm sorry, friend, that, 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 but we're going to have to limit the amount of time that we're together because I understand that this is not producing fruit and I'm going to live my life pruned and perfected and purified by him. How about this? You ever been offended? And a few laughs in here. Those are little nervous laughs. <laughs> Tell you what, 
Offense starts small. Really, 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 really small. One little comment. One little comment that gets you. Then you don't say anything about it. And then it, what's, what happens? The root grows down deeper and deeper and deeper. And then the next thing you know, you have like a root of bitterness and unforgiveness in your life and the root has become the tree. What, what's, what's Isaiah 43 says? It says Isaiah 43, 18. But forget all of that. It is nothing compared to what it is that I am going to do. For I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? You know, just going along with this whole bush thing. You got a nice looking bush. Have you ever had a volunteer tree? I got a few of those under my deck because I neglect it. Let's just be honest. What happens to these trees, man? They grow up. They become big. I got a whole terrace of them behind my house. They're those weed trees and it like blocks my view. And, and that's what offense does in our lives. It gets bigger and it gets bigger and it gets bigger and it consumes our life. And so we have to just make this, this, this idea and, and, and to forget it. Just like Paul said, just I forget those things that are in the past. I press on to the, to the mark of the high calling. The, I, 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 there's some of us in here, we need to forget the, the fault that has been done. We need to forget what it was that was done. We need to forget what it was that was said. We need to forget what it is that we lost. We need to forget. Cut it off. Cut off the dead thing that, that, is, that is stealing from your life. Here's a point here in your notes. It says that if you use it, you'll never lose it. When it comes to offense, guys, in your life, if you continue to use the offense, you continue to use the hurt, you will never lose it. That's what Paul did. He's like, I refuse to use this. I'm forgetting it. And we have to just make that choice. I mean, there, there are people that will live and die with offense and hurt. that They never cut it off. But if we just, I mean... If, if, if I was in a place of unforgiveness and bitterness, I'd just take this and maybe post it on a note. If I use this, I will never lose this. If I use this, I will never lose this. Lord, I wanna lose this, so I'm not gonna use it. I'm not gonna continue to hold this as my own. It's not mine. I'm casting this care on you, and I'm moving on. And when the devil comes to you and he whispers in your ear and he says, do you remember what happened or do you remember what was said? You have to say, no, no, I'm not using that. I'm losing that. I have lost that. It's no longer mine. I've cut it off. And so what is the dead branch in your life? What is it that's dead that just needs to be cut off? Let's forget the old. Let's cut off what it is that's dead and allow him to do something new. Verse two, and this is our second point, is that he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they will produce even more. Thus the title Cut back, produce more. Cut back, produce more. Cut back on donuts, produce a better body. Cut back on donuts, have a summer body. That was way bad. Shouldn't have used that one. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Cut back. Cut back, produce more. Number two in your notes, cut back. Our lives can be producing fruit and our father wants to cut back. He wants to cut back so that we can produce more. We can be good dads. We can be doing great things. But if I'm not going to my heavenly father on a daily basis, getting to know him, allowing him to speak to me, he can't cut back. He can't, he can't say, I need you to make an adjustment here. I need you to do this. I want you to do here. You know, and so he wants to cut us back. You have to understand that. Your heavenly father he wants to cut back what is producing in your life so that you can produce more. The question is, is do you want him to cut back? And you should say to yourself, Lord, I want you to cut me back. Now prepare yourself because you're fixing to have your eyes opened. But I'm telling you what, man, when he does, when you, you allow him to do it, man, he will, he will do it and it will be amazing. A few years back, I was reading Proverbs, read Proverbs every day. You know, and sometimes you read Proverbs every day for a, for a few months in a row. It's like, okay, we need to do something different, right? Anybody ever feel that way? I felt that way. You know, but this was a few years ago. Proverbs 25, 4. Look at this. It says, 
remove the dross from the silver. And a silversmith can produce a vessel. I mean, you know, most weeks, most days on the 25th day of the month, you'd glance right over that and wouldn't even give it a thought, right? Anybody else in here not give it a thought? I never gave it a thought until the Lord, like, he poked me and said, that scripture right there. I'm like, okay, what's dross? Does anybody even in here know what dross is? I brought the definition. Dross is a foreign particle in metal of relatively no value. Hmm, yeah, that's what I thought. So the Lord began to deal deal with me to say, listen, there is dross in your life. There are things in your life that have relatively no value. They're impurities. And so if you, you, you begin to study this out, you begin to understand that, 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 that these guys that are into metal work and things like that, they can boil and they can purify with the heat. They purify, purify, purify. They purify and all the impurities come to the top and they scrape it off, right? And with every single, with every single uh, um, application of heat, the, the impurities come to the top and they scrape it off. And that metal or the gold or the silver or whatever becomes more and more purified. And so my question today to you is, is, is what are the foreign particles in your life that have no value? Because there are, there are some. One of the things that, I, that, that it says, remove the impurities from the silver and the sterling will be ready for the silversmith. Here's my version of it. Get rid of the stuff in your life that's hindering you and then you'll be ready for his use. I, I, I like to simplify things, right? In our lives, we have to get rid of the things that he's wanting to get rid of. We have to allow him to cut off. We have to allow him, and sometimes it's gonna heat up. Not sometimes, every time. <laughs> every single time, it's gonna heat up. It's gonna get hot in the kitchen because there's gonna be things that are gonna be really, really difficult to let go of, really, really hard to allow him to cut off. But when he applies the heat, then the impurity will come to the top and he can remove it from your life. And he wants to because the impurity or the dead branch is stealing your life. It's stealing what it is that he wants for you. So allow him to do that. Allow him to cut back so that he can produce more. I got these bushes in my backyard. I'm not a gardener. I've never claimed to be, never claimed will I will be. Okay, well maybe I will someday. But I told you about the one I moved Remember that? A few weeks ago. I don't know. I told you about it. So I got a whole row of bushes and it's supposed to block the, uh, it's supposed to block the pool so that, because I haven't shown discipline, so I don't have the summer body. So I need the bushes to be there so that you guys get it. So I got these bushes and we planted them and I moved the one and it's this dinky little bush, right? You can't, you can't unplant a, a bush. So last winter, I mean, these things are looking nasty, gangly and Rachel's like, you got to go out there and paint, you got to go trim them. Well, I didn't read the directions when I planted these things. I dug a hole, stuck them in the thing, covered them with, with dirt, and we water them. And they're growing. They look beautiful until fall. And then they look nasty, and they're white. You can't tell if the rabbits got to them. All these things that you guys don't care about. So I go out there, I'm just like, I'm tired of looking at these things. They're nasty, they're dirty, they're, they're overgrown, they're falling on the fence. So I get those shears, the ones that they used to cut the, the nice chair with. They were really sharp. I went out there, man, I just started cutting and I'm just like, you know what? I don't even care. I'm just, I just start cutting all this stuff off. That looks dead. That looks dead. That looks dead. And then you step back. It's like, oh gosh, that does not look good. <laughs> and then you're like, you know what? I don't really care. I'll just buy some more, buy some more bushes and plant them if they, <laughs> if they die. <laughs> so I cut them down. I just cut them completely down. I walked away. I'm like, well, they cleaned up, threw them in the brush pile, you know, and I just thought, well, you know, it'll be okay. And, and I mean, this year, you, I, you go out there and it's like, wow, these things look amazing. They look beautiful. Just like new stuff grew, grew out, nice, and I don't even know. I'm colorblind, so I don't know all the colors that are in these things. They're just beautiful looking bushes. What's my point? Sometimes you just got to start cutting, cutting back, cutting back, cutting back. You may not look pretty <laughs> initially, Cutting back, cutting back, cutting back. 
Allowing him to cut back, cut back. Lord, I'm gonna give you that, I'm gonna give you that, I'm gonna give you that. Cut that back, pull that impurity out. And man, I mean, initially you might not look good at all. It might be a tough process, painful, hurt. Man, that hurts. I, that relationship or that friendship, what, I, what, whatever it is. But man, there's, he wants to do something more. He wants to cut back so that you can produce more. Produce more in other people's lives. Produce more in your business. Produce more. Produce more. Be an example. Be, you know, a beautiful looking bush that, 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 that helps other people. Let me show you how I, how I got here. Let me show you the heart of the heavenly father, what he wants for you. Amen? So cut back. And then end closing. Linda, you can go up. It says here in verse five, it says, yes. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. From apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned, but if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you will ask of me anything that you want and it'll be granted. And when you produce fruit, you're my disciples. This brings great glory to the Father. I don't know about you, but on this day of Father's Day, like I want to bring great glory to my to Father, my Father. Do you in your life, your life here on this earth? You want to bring great glory to Him? You want Him to be pleased with your life? Then you're going to have to allow Him to cut off some stuff. You're going to have to allow Him to cut back some things in your life. I want to bring honor to him. I want our church to bring honor to, to him. I want your life and your family to bring honor to him. And, and, and in order to do that, you're going to have to cut back. You're going to have to cut back so that he can produce more. The last point is this, is that in order to do that, we have to remain in his presence. Remain in his presence. Stay. You can't be in and out in and out. It's like my bush, the one I, I pick up and put in. Put, you know, I'm planted in the word and I'm unplanted in the word. I'm planted in the dirt and unplanted in the dirt. Guess what? That bush, it, it's not even going to reach an, a height where I can prune it. But man, when I stay close in his presence, I grow, I flourish, I, I, I develop. He cuts back. He, he, he does everything. He knows exactly how I'm built. He knows how you're built. He knows, he knows your hurts. He knows the dead things that need to be pruned off. He knows where, where there's something, a bud on the, on the edge of your life that wants to go forth and really just flourish. He knows just how to care for it. But he has to maybe clip something over here so that that, that branch can go out and produce what it is that he wants it to produce in your life but you got to stay in his presence. Stay in the house, stay in this place, stay connected. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves. Don't forsake the word of God on a daily basis. Go to him, spend time with him, pray. You know, if you're busy, do it when you're in the shower, do it when you're on your drive to work, do it when, 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 when you have a moment. Just say, Lord, I just wanna thank you. I, wanna, I just thank you for your presence in my life. Stay and remain in his presence. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we come before you. We thank you, Father God, for all you are to us. You're so good. You're so good. Just as we sang this morning and just as we have seen, there's so many wonderful, wonderful attributes of who you are, that you care for us, you provide for us, you protect us, you want to care for us, you want to prune us, you want to help us, Father. And so today, Father, as we bring this service to a close, I'm so thankful and grateful for who it is that you are. I pray, Lord, that in these, these days to come that we would just look upon your word and see who you are. I thank you that you are opening up the eyes of our understanding, helping us to see who you are, your plan, your purpose, and your will for our life. Lord, I pray for, for everybody that's in this room. Just with every head bowed and every eye closed, this is your moment to just say, Lord, there's something in my life that I'm gonna prune and by the raising of your hand, you're saying, Lord, I want you to prune. I want you to cut that back. If that's you today, just raise up your hand and say, Lord, that's me. And you, once you put your hand up, you can put it right back down. Anybody in here? 
I see those hands, you can put them down. He loves you, he cares for you. He wants to bring great things into your life. And so Father God, I just pray for each and every person that's in here. You saw their hand, you saw their life, you saw what it was that needed to be cut back. And so Father God, I just, I thank you that you're helping them to, to cut off, to trim back what it is that you have told them to do. And I, and I know, Father God, that you will cause a, a flourishing in their life as a result. We don't want to assume that everybody in here is saved. And so if you're here today and you don't know him as your Lord and Savior, or maybe you're just far from him and you want to get back right with him, today's the day. And say, Lord, that's me. Brian, that's me. You just put up your hand and put it right back down. Anybody in here, want to, you just want to rededicate or come to a saving knowledge of him. Is there anybody in here? Got one? I see those hands, you can put them down, awesome. Okay, we're gonna pray with these two that raised their hands and agree together with them, amen? So just follow after me. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for sending your son to die for us, to take our sin. And today, we repent Father, we ask you to be the Lord of our life. We thank you, Father, for it in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, the two that raised your hand, when we get done, we've got a prayer team up here, and they have some resources for you. And so if you need more resources, I encourage you to go down there. And if you're, if you're in, our, in the house and you're in the family and you have a prayer request, I encourage you to go down there and, and agree with them. We have a great team of prayer, uh, a great prayer team, and they'd love to agree with you in prayer. Amen. So take, take that opportunity. It says that if any two of us agree is touching anything, it will be done. And so I encourage you, if you don't have somebody in your life, or maybe it's you are a husband and a wife and you need agreement, man, go and let them agree with you. You will get your answer. Amen? Well, hey, thank you for joining us today. Yes, we're going to close here with this dad video. I must have, yeah, overstepped my bounds and uh, not played that video at the beginning. So we've got a video. Why did Billy get fired from the banana factory? He kept throwing away the bent ones. How do you get a good price on a sled? You have to bargain. If a child refuses to nap, are they guilty of resisting arrest? A rest. Wow. <laughs> wow. I had to think on some of these. Don't trust Adams. They make up everything. Adams. Science. Yeah, science. 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 That was the deep one. That was a thinker. Do you know corduroy pillows are in style? <laughs> They're making headlines. Ah. <laughs> uh, why is Peter Pan always flying? He never lands. I only know 25 letters of the alphabet. I don't know why. <laughs> oh man, I'm not good at this. <laughs> okay, all right. I'm gonna be hard this time. Okay, 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 okay. What did baby corn say to mama corn? Uh, I have no idea. Where's popcorn? <laughs> what do you call someone with no body and no nose? What? Nobody knows. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. That was a good one. What do you call two monkeys that share an Amazon account? Crime mates. <laughs> Did you hear about the kidnapping at the school? It's okay, he woke up. <laughs> That's a good one. I used to play piano by ear. Now I use my hands. <laughs> How does the moon cut his hair? How? Eclipse it. <laughs> 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 
Yeah. <laughs> what did baby corn say to mama corn? Where's popcorn? Yes. What did one hat say to the other? Stay here, I'm going on ahead. <laughs> oh my gosh. I can't even, I just laugh at them. I love them all. Why can't a nose be 12 inches long? Because then it would be a foot. Oh, I was thinking Pinocchio is in there somewhere. Why can't you hear a psychiatrist using the bathroom? Because the P is silent. Nice. <laughs> a guy walks into a bar and he was disqualified from the limbo contest. <laughs> I like telling dad jokes. Sometimes he laughs. <laughs> what do you call a pony with a sore throat? No idea. He's a little horse. A little horse? <laughs> when two vegans get in an argument, is it still called a beef? <laughs> Your delivery is on point. Uh, don't trust atoms. They make everything up. It's a science joke. What do lawyers wear to court? I don't know. Lawsuits. <laughs> All right, we got a serious setup here. Okay. Did you hear about the circus fire? I have not. It was intense. Intense. Oh, intense! I get it! <laughs> a little slow, Dad. A little yeah, slow, Dad. <laughs> How many tickles does it take to make an octopus laugh? How many? Ten tickles. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> Spring is here. I got so excited, I wet my pants. Plants. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, supposed to be a not, not, don't laugh. None of these guys are good at this. Well, hey, happy Father's Day to everybody. Go out and get your uh, picture taken. I don't know, maybe there's some donuts left over for the dads. And uh, you guys have a blessed afternoon. We'll see you back here Wednesday night at 7 p.m. You're dismissed.